Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Loud and Local continues on The Rock with Kevin Deers, 99.9 KISW. Hey, what's going on? It's Kevin Deers, Loud and Local Stay Home Sessions or Loud and Local Podcast. Wanted to let everyone know that there were a couple issues with the audio this week. For some reason, my voice got really quiet during this uh, interview So I tried to make it sound as normal as possible. There are a couple times where my voice is kind of low. Uh, I tried to tweak it, and uh, hopefully it is bearable to listen to. This is a really good interview with uh, Will Andrews, an incredibly talented artist. Uh, He plays drums in The Walking Papers, but we're talking about 10 Miles Wide this week, uh, a band that is going to be playing a show at Easy Street Records on Saturday, September 24th. It is a free show at... Easy Street Records, West Seattle Bridge will be open at the end of the interview. We play a brand new song by his band, 10 Miles Wide. So let's get into the interview. Thank you so much for tuning in every week to Loud and Local, Sundays, 8 to 10 p.m., and checking out the Loud and Local podcast every week here, the Odyssey app, or anywhere you get podcasts. Here's my interview with Will Andrews from 10 Miles Wide. Hey, what's going on? Uh, We're talking right now with Will from a band, Will Andrews from a band called 10 Miles Wide. I saw him just uh, about a week ago for Painting the Grass with, with his other band walking papers and we were talking about you know let's get this going let's 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 talk because it's been a while since i had 10 miles wide on the show obviously in the past it's been in person things have changed a bit in the past couple of years i'm trying to move toward getting that going but we'll see will how you doing man i'm doing fantastic how are you doing kevin doing good man um we we both went to wwe smackdown over the weekend yes we did it was a good show you're you're a fellow wrestling nerd you know, I, I took a long break from wrestling and for some reason, a few years ago, it's just like I caught the bug. No, I'm not maybe more than a few, maybe like five years ago, I caught the bug Yeah, and started, uh, started watching it, started kind of getting back into the old like eighties and nineties WWF stuff. And then totally. watched the YouTube shows and you know, like there's like OSW review and yep. uh, Botchamania oh, yeah. Botcha and it's like, there's this guy I worked with at American Music. His name is Tyler. He was the um, guitar mm-hmm. repair tech. And he's like, you got to start watching wrestling because you're the only one here that gets it. So I can't be, you can't leave me out to dry. I was like, okay, I'll start watching it. So I did. And I'm like, uh-oh, okay. Yeah, all right. I get it again. You know, yeah. and I just totally like dove back into it. And uh, luckily my girlfriend, Tara, like grew up with wrestling too. And she's That's super awful. into it. So. I always got someone to go to the shows with, which is super fun. And we'll go check out indie shows. And yeah. We'll check out the big shows. And 
we've flown to like Royal Rumble before and we're probably going to see more in the future and stuff. So That's so dope. That's so dope. So you're a big guy. You're a big guy. You're tall. You're strong. You got the long hair. You got the goatee. I could totally see you being a wrestler if you were to <laughs> magically be transported into WWE and, and you had to pick a band to write you a custom theme song. What oh band would you choose? I've totally thought about this so many times. And now that I'm on the spot, I can't <laughs> think of it. Um, I would. Well, let's see if I was to pick. If I was to pick something, it would probably be something like Killing Joke. Something oh, that's got cool. some like raw, like aggression, but like really cool melody and harmony to totally. it. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of songs I could I could see that would be really, really awesome. Speaking of that, um, somehow like last year uh, during October, I was like, oh, I remember that band Typo Negative from when I was growing up. Yes. It's like, huh, it's kind of Halloween-y. And uh, I, I kind of feel like listening to them for the first time in like 30 years. So, so I good, did. Yeah. And I got way into their album, October Rust. Um, and it turns out I did some kind of research on typo negative. Turns out they did a theme song for Kane that was they never, never used it. Yeah. Yeah, you've what heard the hell? it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so good. So good. It, I mean, the, the Kane theme song is it's amazing. Good. It's yeah. one of the best of all time, in my opinion. But the typo, if they were to switch over to that at some point, that it was just like chill inducing. It's so yeah. good. So um, that would be another band that would be perfect if I was to be a uh, if I was to be a wrestler and have a band write me a theme song. Well, I mean, um, you got the red hair. You could be Undertaker's younger brother. I could be the the second Undertaker or the third Undertaker. There you go. You know, where they had that that yep. feud where they had the fake the fake Taker. Yep. Um, actually, in, if I was to be an indie wrestler, I thought of a, a weird persona to be called the un, Under Raker, and it would oh. be like some like sort of like uh, park attendant that would clean oh. up and rake leaves and stuff like yeah. that. And I'd be like, I don't know, I'd have some sort of like catchphrase like raking leaves or something stupid like that. That'd be or, cool. I don't know. That'd be cool. Yeah, so underbreaker yeah it could could still be a thing i come out with like instead of a hearse it'd be like a wheelbarrow and like instead of an urn it would be like a pitchfork i don't know something like that i love it it's good to talk wrestling it's good to catch up but the reason we're talking today is because uh you guys just played a record or you guys just played a show sorry not a record release show you guys just played a show uh at the tractor tavern this past weekend and you're going to be playing a show the West Seattle Bridge will be open for this one. So easily get yourself over to West Seattle for a free show at an iconic Northwest uh, record store, Easy Street Records, one of the last remaining record stores here in the city in West Seattle. It's an in-store performance Saturday, September 24th at 6 p.m. 10 miles wide. So how, how, how'd you guys get this going, man? It's cool. It's cool to have uh, a local band um, doing a, doing a uh, an in-store uh album yeah. uh sorry not uh, an in-store performance at a, at a at a local local record store how'd you guys get it yeah, going? there's a little bit of a backstory to it so um our our friend zana uh tried to get us into easy street for like the last 10 years she's been kind of you know lobbying for us or whatever yeah um and i think that there's some people over there that bought some cds at some point i remember dropping a bunch of cds off and then like they, I don't know whether they went missing or if they sold. I just, I never followed up. I just like, Oh, whatever. It's like five CDs. Sure. Um, and I just, I wrote them and I never heard back, wrote them. I never heard back. And there's this guy named Patrick, Patrick, uh, Gurley is his name. Mm -hmm. And he like, totally like, like insisted that we play there. And he wrote them like relentlessly, I guess, over the last couple of months. 
and got them to, to listen to our stuff. Um, so I think it's probably some sort of like one, two punch combo between a, a few people kind of really pushing for us to get in. There. Shout so, out to Patrick Gurley, man. Yeah, wow. Big thanks to Patrick. Cause I've, I've been trying for years. It's like, yeah. If you want to, if you want to play easy street records, that means you're doing something right. Or if you get, I don't know. I just like every time I see a local band there, it's like, sweet. I wish I could do that. Uh, cool. I wish I was, you know, whatever, you know, it's like one of those things. And then like, yeah. lo and behold, we got enough people barking up the right tree and uh, we get an opportunity and we kind of had to hold back on um, announcing it just because we had the tractor show mm-hmm. and we didn't want to take steam away from that. Sure. Um, but I think that two weeks of promo for something like this and for a free show when the bridge is exactly. open and we got a whole like, west seattle crew out there that hasn't seen us in a while and they like they like what we do and i'm pretty sure they're going to be totally cool driving a little bit down the street to see us as opposed totally. to going a bridge dealing with traffic and you know usually uh, i don't know if they do it different these days i haven't seen one in a year well a few years because of covid but mm-hmm. they usually have the whole side of the building open and there's good airflow and you can watch on the street and all that stuff yeah. so um, for anyone that, that might still be worried about COVID, it might be a good kind of outdoor slash partially indoor sort of thing to check out too. So that's badass, man. Well, congratulations on getting that gig. And shout out to Patrick. Shout out to the the forces that have convened to get you this gig. And yeah. uh, I, I bet Absolutely. they're gonna they're gonna want you back after they see how how killer of a show you guys put on. Um, I hope so <laughs> the tractor though. Tell me a little yeah. bit about this. I was unable to go this past Saturday. How was how was it? This was the first 10 miles wide performance in quite a while. Is that right? Uh, we've done a few. Um, we've okay. done a few, but that was the probably the, the largest show we've done. Although I just venue we played. Well, I mean, we played a couple others. I mean, during COVID, we actually got to play the Neptune Theater for the first okay. time for well, that, one of the Lane's daily benefits. So it was like no shows, no shows, no shows. Boom. There's like 600 people. It's like, right. Okay. okay. This is, I like, I got, I was like nervy. It was super weird. Like it was just going, you know, it was probably, what was that? 20, 2021 at some point. So it was like a couple good couple years there without shows. And then that was the first one back. And it was like, whew, okay, this is intense. Right. Um, we've done the high dive. We've done um, the belt, uh, belt, uh, belt on yacht club. Yeah. Um, but the tractor was, <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I should say this, but it was going to be our album release show originally. Yeah. And, kind of what happened was is that we gave the tracks to john because he wanted to tweak a couple of vocals in his basement studio yeah and he ended up rewriting like the whole album these songs that we're working on right now for our upcoming album are kind of old and the kind of like past lyrics from the past and like john's such a good singer you want him to to believe what he's saying because it's gonna the whole album's gonna just like benefit from that so he spent a ton of time like redoing everything and not just redoing it, but like being kind of a perfectionist about it. Sure. So, I mean, if the whole, well, why rush the thing? If we don't have to, we have no deadlines mm-hmm. or anything like that. I know we, people have been waiting for six years for this thing to come out, but um, we're almost there. You know, it's just, a, yeah. we have most of the tracks done. So anyway, we didn't get to have the tractor show be our album release party, but we ended up, um, adding a band called shame banger onto the bill to kind of, yeah. to round it out a little bit, to provide some, uh, a little bit more variety and just, you know, Rowan Chamberlain, the singer has been a friend for, for years and, mm-hmm. um, they were totally awesome. And, uh, they did a great job. Um, and this was Action S's, uh, second to last show ever. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, Shane Banger, Astor House, who was just band of the week and they did great. They always yeah, do they're great. great. Yeah. They're awesome. Um, their songs are, are really well crafted. And then, um, yeah, Action S it was, uh, 
kind of bittersweet just because they're such a good, they're so good. They're, they're so, so good, good and they're so energetic. Uh, they all have like great personalities and, and just their music is so uh, intense and fun and quirky and yep. musical. There's, there's lots of, you know, cool technical things that they do in there too, you know? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate, really appreciate that band. I'm going to miss that band, but I'm, I'm looking forward to see what happens with all them down the road in their individual projects or whatever they end up doing. I don't know. I haven't yeah. really heard yet, but, uh, but yeah, we had a fun show and we, nice. you know, we didn't have a lot of rehearsal time because John, was on vacation prior to the show and Shane was on vacation prior to John going on vacation. So yeah. um, we, we took a little bit of Liberty and jammed out a couple of things and uh, tweaked, tweaked one old song that we're kind of a little bit bored with to make it fresh again. Yeah. We might, we might keep that version in the set for um, the next show. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see how much time we have. And, yeah. Um, yeah. How it goes. So, you know, I, I'm just throwing this question out there and, and, and if it hasn't changed, you know, let me know, but you know, the, the, we've got, we just went through, you know, a couple of crazy years, uh, and, 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 um, you know, I'm not a musician myself, so I can only speak to, uh, you know, from a show going experience from being a supporter of the scene. Um, and I'm curious as a, from a musician's perspective, has the music scene in the Northwest changed since things have come back open? Well, I've, I've noticed a, uh, some pros and cons with shows with, with any venue you talk to, or most bands that you talk to attendance is definitely down, you know, mm -hmm. probably by about, you know, 25 to 50% per wow. show. It's, it seems, uh, maybe that's just my shows. I hope not, but I kind of feel like yeah. the national shows are, are picking up again. Um, things like movies are picking up again. So things that have big promotion and, and money behind them and are big spectacles, seemed and a little bit more open space too that's another thing right you go sure. to the climate pledge and you got lots of room around you despite there being a lot of people and stuff but at a local show it can get really kind of cramped and hot and tight especially in the summer and stuff so seems like attendance is down um by a good by a good clip but there's something about the people that are showing up they're showing up more often and they're in really good spirits and it mm -hmm. seems like the musicians are really good spirits to like see people again and like yeah you know, finally have their platform back. And it's just, I think it's, it's doing a lot of good for a lot of people, mus musicians, especially, you know, yeah. just because it's like without an outlet, what can you do? You can record, but then without being able to share those songs, you know, and, and display your art in some form, it's, it almost feels like, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe that. It's like you're trying to create art in a vacuum or something like that without that energy exchange. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. And I'm super grateful of the fans and like the fans that have been with the bands that I'm in through yeah. this period. I, I'm like, I'm just so appreciative and I'm really mm -hmm. trying to get to know people better despite, you know, kind of running around like a, you know, chicken with its head cut off at the show, trying to like warm up and yeah. set up and prepare mentally. And, and, you know, sometimes set up the merch or whatever, it depends on the band, you know, but um, I'm trying to go the extra mile for the people that are, have, that have been consistently going the extra mile for, you know, the artistic endeavors that I'm involved in. It's just, it feels great, you know? So it might be a little bit smaller, but it's the quality over the quantity possibly. Kind of? I mean, the, 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 the quantity is pretty nice too. <laughs> when you okay. have that, and okay. when you have a, a wonderful radio <laughs> station, like, like KSW backing shows, you know, cheap really pop McFoley style. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, really appreciative of KSW and what you do, Kevin. And um, 
I know that there were extra people at the show that would not have gone because of the promo that KSW did that week that met some new people, got to know their names and stuff like that and just thank them. And, you know, uh, they ended up buying merch and stuff. It's just great. You know what I mean? So the extra promo really, really helps us. And oh, that's cool. um, It's just awesome to see it pan out, you know? So I love hearing that. That's really cool. That's cool. Yeah, it matters. It really does matter. And um, like I've said a couple of times before, KSW is the only station that's ever given 10 miles wide love, you know, as far as local stations are concerned. That's mm-hmm. that's the one, you know. Um, so I, I appreciate that, too. You know, I'm, I mentioned at the top of the interview that uh, I saw you play with Walking Papers just a couple of weeks back at uh, Pain in the Grass. John is uh, in a band called Mean Genius uh, mm-hmm. with Tony from uh, formerly of Window Pain. And a couple of the guys from Window Pane. Uh, so you guys, yep. are, you know, you guys are busy outside of Ten Miles Wide, but this is a band that has kind of been the the home base for you guys for the past, you know, decade plus. You know, you guys have been going uh, formerly under the name The Mothership, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll be getting into uh, re release talk here in just sure. a few. But um, you know what? How do you guys um, balance all of that? You know, with, <laughs> with, with you know outside projects, outside j- day jobs. Probably, I'm assuming. But then yeah. always consistently coming back to 10 miles wide enough to, you know, spend a ton of time on a new record. How do you guys kind of balance uh, for myself? I can only speak for myself, but there's just it's a lot, you know, it's a lot. And I want to do a lot and I want to get myself out there and, and, and help out all the projects. And, um, you know, I was actually drumming for the last the only mean genius shows that happened. I actually played drums at oh, wow. like. We did one at the Fun House with this band called Moon Fever that has Tristan Broad as their vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were, they were awesome. And Tristan's an awesome singer. Uh, and we did the first Mean Genius show at the Crocodile, which was mm-hmm. cool. And, um, I got to do their record, which is also really cool. So whenever that, not their single, but whenever the record comes out, that'll be yeah. me on there, which is cool. But yeah, it's just this balance of, there's really not a balance. It's like either too much or l- l- slightly less too much. <laughs> it's like, there's, there's not really a lot of downtime, you know, and like just today is like my only day off that I have. And it's, it wasn't a day off. I was working on 10 miles wide stuff all day, you know, and I had a couple of errands to run and stuff, but, um, walking papers, we, we typically do a jam or two a week until we're playing a show. Then we ramp up same with 10 miles. Um, you know, uh, lately it's been a lot of writing for John. And so we've done less rehearsals, but whenever we have a show, we try to at least get to, two to four rehearsals in which is not as much as it's not ideal but that's sometimes all we can squeeze in there and then mean genius will be one or two a week when there's a show happening and i'm kind of just i'm still kind of the fill-in drummer i'm not officially in that band but i'm i'm kind of helping them helping them out and stuff like that and then i'll i'll do fly fly outs to play with bexley in la or last year we did austin city limits fest and that they're like one of my favorite bands to play with. They're super yeah. fun and just good people. And I love playing their tunes and we just have a good time together and they take and care then, of me really well. And then so you teach drum lessons, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I work at West coast drum shop in Bellevue, yeah. um, which is this killer standalone drum shop. It's the only standalone drum shop in the Pacific Northwest aside from uh Rainier drum shop in Spokane. But um, we do everything. We have a full teaching studio. We do um, electronic acoustic. We got all the brands, um, full roster of teachers, tons of students, um, all kinds of stuff. So it's, and I'm, and I'm not just selling there too. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching, selling, I'm doing social media. I'm doing lots of behind the scenes stuff. Um, there's, they got me, <laughs> they got me pretty busy over there too, which is, which is a good day gig. I got to say it's super fun. 
Um, it's actually a really creative like endeavor for me too, because they give me so much freedom over the things that I can do and create and, and you know, um, all that stuff. So it actually is a pretty satisfying job to be, to be completely frank. So that's pretty cool too. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Pound has done a couple things, uh, you know, a couple yeah. um, workshops. Yeah, we had Pound in there twice. Um, that was, I think that was my, I don't know if that was Ryan's idea or my idea or something, but we we came together and it's like, I think Chase, the owner, Chase Cult, the owner of West Coast Drum Shop was like, you know, should we get some local bands in here who around here could, could do a really good job? And I'm like, I see pound and I see their content and I see their, you know, their shows and I see their touring. And I see like, you know, I called up Ryan. like, would you guys want to do like a clinic? You know, is, that sounds kind of weird, but you can perform. He's like, we've always wanted to do that. You know what I mean? Like he was super stoked on it and they were the perfect band because they came in, they set up, they had like, their music, their sheet music on our tablature on a video screen. And they were talking about all the complex, you know, polyrhythms and stuff that they do. And um, it was just amazing to a, see them perform in such a cool setting, such a different setting. And then to like talk about the inner workings of their music. And then they did uh, the second clinic was like how to run a band, you know, and like get your Excel spreadsheets in order with your merch and learn how to book a tour and have, you know, make sure you have your, um, you know, your work permits all squared away for different country. It's just like, it was awesome to see that too. And they, they play it again. It's just, they're, they're great. And I think a lot of people got a lot out of those clinics, you know, either technically uh, with music or just, you know, business, you know, which is really, really awesome. So love those guys. They're so cool. Shout out to them. Right on. Yeah. Um, Shout out to Pound. We're talking a little bit about how this new album, you said, is kind of old. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, yeah. it, were, were the were these songs written before the pandemic? Were these songs that you guys have <laughs> yeah. had, you know, kind of been working on for quite a while now? How, how old exactly are they? Yeah. Well, um, the gross came out in 2016. Some of those songs on the on the gross were kind of new. Some of those songs on the gross were from John's old band called Future Fossils that he wrote a yeah. long time ago, kind of like 2006, 2008, that kind of mid 2000s oh, era. Okay. Um, some of the songs on the new 10 Miles upcoming record are that old. Wow. Some of them we wrote with uh, as a uh, with Ryan Thorns, our old bass player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even before Jake joined the band, which was wow. prior to the gross coming out, we were working on some of those skeletons of the songs and then one or two of the songs i'm not sure what's going to end up on the record but one of those songs we wrote with before jake was in 10 miles wide um we wrote as a trio me john and jake so there's that wow and then a bunch of the songs were kind of the rest of the songs were kind of since 2016 and when i was on tour with walking papers there was one last song where they were like pissed at me for like leaving constantly and going on tour with another band, which I totally get. Uh, but they wrote a song called onions when I was on tour and Jake played drums on the demo. So, um, that's kind of a fun little tidbit. So when we, when I came back, 
I learned the drum part and kind of did my thing with it or whatever. And that's, that's going to be the next single re- we're going to release. I don't know when that's going to happen. And uh, I don't think it's going to happen before the easy street show on the 24th okay. of September, but um, that'll be the first kind of like signal we single. We actually put some serious promo into Cause it's kind of our, one of our popular tunes. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that one's, we played that one at the last two shows that we played too. So we're finally putting it into the live rotation. That's awesome, so man. That feels good. So yeah, all the songs are pretty, pretty old. I will say that John has had this like year of creative output, artistic output, where he's, he's probably written 50 something songs um, on Holy his own crap. outside of 10 miles wide. And I've heard a good chunk of them. And it's honestly like this, this 10 miles wide album that's going to come out soon is going to be cool. But the songs that he's, that he has in the hopper that are ready to start getting worked on. I mean, those are the best songs he's ever written in my opinion. Wow. Like just this entire life of songwriting has culminated to this point. It's just, they're, they're really special. And, um, you know, with all the luck in the world, we'll, we'll be able to start chipping away at those kind of soonish after we release this upcoming record, we really need like, you know, Shane's been in the band, our, our new bass player. He's not new anymore. He's been in the band since 2018. Um, we did our first show with him at the clock out lounge back then. And, and, you know, like we've barely gotten any time to write with him in the band. It's just been like, play these shows, work on the old songs, record the songs, play another show. And it's like, we haven't spent time like nurturing that, like that musical sex you have with, with new bandmates. And, um, I, he's got, he's so awesome by the way. Like, he's just like one of the most solid musicians, consistent, yeah. uh, even keel, not dramatic. Seems um, like, it, yeah good dude right great player just gets out of being a band just solid reliable good communicator he's just like just ticks all the boxes so to have someone like that in your band you know it's just uh it's just great so uh yeah that's awesome i mean you know this is i gotta say it's kind of a classic musician move dude you're you you're you're stoked about the new album but you can't wait till the next ones you're like this new album's cool but the neck man yeah i know <laughs> you're already you're already tired of the new album <laughs> yes well songs are six years old it's exactly. hard not to be you know but no one else has heard them or we've been playing a lot of them yeah live actually for for years um, but well, what, what can we expect from the what, what can we expect from the album, man? Well, uh, give us a you, little uh, tease. I will tell you that it is it was it, at first it was going to be a collection of songs like like most albums. And yeah. um, the gross was done really quickly. It was kind of like, OK, we got these songs. We think they're good enough to record. Let's go in them. Let's record them as cheap as possible. And we'll have Derek Morey mix them because his mixing is amazing. So yeah. we got free recordings we did at the Art Institute. And then we had Derek mix those. And then we did three tunes with Jack and Dino and he did all of the stuff, which turned out great. So we got three Jack tunes and a bunch of Derek tunes. This, this current album, there's still some budgetary constraints, but we were able to um, record drums at my, my buddy Pat Foy's studio. I call it the secret studio. It's in Mill Creek and no one really knows about it aside from the people that kind of jam there and kind of record there. But it's one of my favorite places in all of Seattle to record drums. It's got nice. an amazing room sound. Pat's an awesome engineer. He's got great mics. He knows what he's doing. And we recorded drums for this, I want to say in 2018 or 2019, before we had all of his good gear. So he's only gotten better as the years have gone on. Nice. Um, but what's happened is, is that we had all the basic tracks done. We gave them all to John. John has created this, I don't know, like this crazy layered, like textural component to this record that, and, and he's doing a lot of like, 
connecting the songs together with like segues and interludes and things like that to where I, it's it's turning out to be way more epic than I ever thought it was. There's some stories on the, the songs that are kind of stories on the record. Sure. Um, sound effects, weird instruments that we've never put on, not weird instruments, but weird instruments that we've never put on recordings before, like different stringed instruments and cymbals and ukuleles that are played like a mandolin and like weird stuff. So nice, uh, but if they're used in, to enhance the record and not, you know, to kind of add atmosphere and texture, yeah. you know? So, yeah. So it, it's going to be pretty epic, I think. And there's going to be, and we're kind of a weird band where we're going to have like a slow bluesy jam in our set. Then we'll have a punk tune on our set and then we'll have prog rock in our set yeah. and we'll have jam outs and, and then we'll have pop songs. So it's like, we kind of do a little bit of everything. It's just cause we're, we, I think we all like bands that have a lot of variety in them. And, you know, I think a lot of my favorite bands always kind of like, you know, push the envelope in that regard and didn't just stick to one exact, you know, sound, you know, so. Are you able to tell us the name? Of the album? Should I? I probably should. Um, well, the, the, the name that we've had in the back of our minds forever has been Hair of the Werewolf. So you think Hair of the Dog, you know, Hair of the Werewolf. It's pretty big step up from a dog. So <laughs> there's some serious, uh, serious, uh, some ser- pretty crazy topics on this lyrical topics on this record for sure some pretty intense stuff but uh you know just um stuff that either band members have been through or or uh you know kind of purging past demons and things like that you know it's kind of a lot of what this record is about Era of the world so I'm looking forward to it me too <laughs> can't wait to hear it yes uh, so last year you released uh, something that has been 10 years in the making. It was uh, the 10 year anniversary of the album 10 Miles Wide by the band The Mothership. The <laughs> yep. Incarnation of the band. Um, yeah. So tell me a little bit about what brought you guys, um, you know, to, to deciding to re-release it on vinyl and, and how did it feel to like hold that in your hand? Yeah. So uh, Paul Frazier expressed interest in, in wanting a record of, a band that he was in right and that was the last full band that was in he's written tunes and stuff um for like sony records and stuff like that since he's been in 10 miles wide he's a great songwriter um but he and his buddy todd were experimenting with some sort of like vinyl pressing machine they they acquired or came across or something like that so they they took the cd and put it on a record and played it on a turntable and took a little like, you know, cell phone video. And they're like, dude, check this out. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Interesting. You got a little interesting little record done. And I'm thinking to myself, I hated the original master from that first album we did. I thought it was botched. It was a weird botched job. It never sounded right. And they're like, well, I want to make some records. I'm like, well, it's really expensive, (laughs) but I think we might be able to make this work. We start selling them and pushing them at the 10 miles wide shows. And I kind of took the, took the financial hit on that to take the plunge to do it. But um, what we did is we kind of went back and we had um, Paul Fig remixed one of the songs as a bonus track. So we took our, you know, kind of biggest hit that was never a hit from the record called flower. We gave that one to Paul Fig who's done work with like Allison chains and um, stuff like that. Awesome, awesome bands. Yeah. And he, he remixed the song really well. We gave a song called bite the lion to Derek Morey who was involved in our second record called bright side of dim and the 10, uh, 10 miles wide gross record. Mm-hmm. Derek did a great remix of bite the lion. And then we got all the Houdini's tree, David green, 
mixes in 24 bit. We sent them to a UK mastering engineer named Streaky. And he did an incredible job of remastering the record. It sounds so good. And it it just like when I listen to his master, I picture myself in the basement we recorded it in, in Magnolia. You know what I mean? Like I, Mm -hmm. I'm like right back there. It's like, you can hear the cardboard stairwell echo chamber that David Green built, like, you know, like in his basement, you know what I mean? Like stairway, put cardboard alongside of it and put mics in it. And that's what created the drum sound on that record. You know what I mean? So it was like, I I actually heard a lot more of that and uh, things got revealed because of this great mastering job. And then we kept the files and the high bit rate or whatever, and sent them to um, uh, what's the, Printing press, uh, shoot, pirate. No, it was uh, hmm, solid merch. Okay. Solid merch, and they um get the vinyls made in Czech Republic, which is where yeah. a lot of vinyls are made these days. Got a rush job on it, um, so we could get them in time for something. I don't remember what we needed to have a deadline or something. I can't remember why she, um, and. We did like, yeah, yeah, you choose the colors, Czech Republic, you know, whatever, whatever materials and colors you have, use all that. And they turned out great. And there's like green ones and pink ones and flesh colored ones and swirly ones and all that stuff. Um, Luckily, I did the template all correct because there was going to be no proof before we decided to hit the the green light. Um, But yeah, they turned out awesome 180 gram vinyl great remaster so cool. um took them from the high bit rate files and put them on analog and they play great they sound great they look great all, i got to fit all the artwork on two panels yeah uh, as opposed to like a 10 page cd booklet mm-hmm. so that's cool um and yeah I, I think that there were a lot of people well we sold a bunch of them so far um but we've been selling them at shows they've kind of been a slow trickle i think this easy street show is the potential to sell a lot more considering there it's a go. record show record store yeah. and we can maybe leave some for consignment and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And maybe people will kind of filter back in who live nearby and hear us playing like us or walking down the street or something like that. So let's just hope it's not raining that day. Let's exactly. hope it's sunny. <laughs> Dude, that's so cool, man. And, 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 and you know, you, we got CDs. I, I obviously collect CDs, but I also collect vinyl and there's something about having that, you know, tangible thing, you know, with the big mm-hmm. artwork and, and, yeah. you know, that was your hard work putting it to, into that. And then, your hard work putting back into it to get that rush job and th- to have it all work out synchronicity, man. Yeah, absolutely. I can grab one real quick. If you want to, let's, if you let's take see a it. look. Yeah. yeah. Hang tight. All right. So. Ooh. Yeah. That's front and back. That's awesome. New font on there. Uh, I won't, I don't have to go and show the artwork or anything, but it turned out awesome. But yeah, like, I like collecting vinyl too. I don't even have a record player and you can tell by this Meshuggah immutable yep. vinyl, the, yes. the, the cellophane still on there because I have no way of playing it and it's a limited release. So who knows, maybe I'll just keep it in there and maybe it'll accrue some sort of value over time or something like that. But I got a bunch more up there. I just, yeah. yeah. It's nice to collect it, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Oh man. So if you want to pick up some more, see what I'm doing here. If you want to pick up some more records, you can do so on the 24th. When you go see this band 10 miles wide, you can pick up the record we just spoke of. You can pick up some of their CDs. You can pick up a t-shirt or you can go record shopping while you listen to them. Again, that's at West Seattle, uh, easy street records location in store perform performance Saturday, September 24th at 6 PM. The West Seattle bridge will be open. 
So uh, definitely make your way over there. Uh, and, uh, you know, beyond that, what do you guys have any, uh, any future plans past that? Uh, just the record yeah. record coming out and yeah, record, uh, record coming out early, hopefully early next year is kind of what we're thinking. Awesome. Um, before that we have, a a couple shows, uh, we have an October 21st, 21st. Let me check the date at the substation. And that's with, um, we haven't announced it yet. Yeah, it should be the 21st. I could be wrong on that. I think it's the 21st. It's with a band called Sea Peoples, who Jake Carden knows, uh, our guitar player. And um, they tour the country every year and stuff like awesome. that. And they like to hook up with us when we, uh, uh, yeah, when we when they're in town. And I, th- I believe the Kathy Moore trio is going to be on that show. And I've never played uh, a show with one of my bands with Kathy Moore, though both of us we're on the same tune on a Led Zeppelin. John, it was the John Bonham tribute night at the crocodile years back or whatever. We got to do that with, with Sean Smith, but I haven't actually gotten to play a show with Kathy since then. She's so awesome. Um, so that's exciting. And then we have a uh, back to the locals fest in Everett, Washington on November 11th. And we'll be, uh, I think one of the feature bands on one of the nights. Um, well, obviously, the 11th but there's i think two or three nights i think two nights i want to say it's at tony v's so we'll be doing that and then uh i think what we're trying to do is take a show break so we can like finish the record and strategize the the next release that's kind of the plan and jam and jam and write new songs uh well let's let's chat once the album's about to come out and we'll play some more songs from it but uh right now we're actually just going to play the first single from the record called minion uh, is there anything you want to say about this song? Um, yeah, that's a that's an old song. <laughs> it's one of those old, <laughs> old songs that John wrote well over 10 years ago, probably 15 years ago. And I used to see his old band play it. Um, and we didn't put it on any Mothership records or any or the first 10 miles wide record. And just we thought that it was kind of fitting the vibe of this current record that we have. And we did our thing to it, of course, you know, and um, kind of you know, yeah, we changed it a little bit. We altered it, but, um, the original song is still intact. The lyrics are all new. A lot of the melodies are new. Um, Jake adds great harmonies in his guitar parts and, you know, Shane's got a great attitude on the bass and all that stuff. So it's an old song, but it's, it's got new life breathed into it and it's got a a pretty powerful story behind the lyrics. So, yeah. And it's a little bit of a longer song. It's about six minutes long and it's changes a couple times and yeah. So it's a little bit of a, an adventure. Right on, man. Well, we're going to get into it again. Harrow the Werewolf, he dropped that. That's a that's a loud local exclusive, my friend. Uh, I think it is. Yes. You can go see them play songs uh, that you might recognize and maybe some new ones. Saturday, September 24th at 6 p.m. The West Seattle Bridge will be open to go to Easy Street to see 10 miles wide. Will, it's always a pleasure, man. Let's jump into the song. This is Minions. Sorry, this is Minion, not the movie Minions. Yeah. This is Minion by 10 Miles Wide. It's loud and local.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.